Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. Welcome into the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. As always, you got me. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. And call me the Kool-Aid man because I'm ready to run through a wall for Corey Mace. Are you drinking drinking the Corey Mace Kool-Aid? Uh, may as well be because that man, uh, as, as psyched as we were when it was not officially, well, just officially announced, kind of officially announced, his presser, I think that's the first one I watched the entire thing. Like, it was good. Watching it, I understand exactly why Jeremy O'Day looked like he did for 40 minutes. The amount of smiles <laughs> and giddiness on his face. I've never seen that man smile so much. It was unbelievable. People, f- find you someone who looks at you like the way O'Day looked at Corey Mace for 40 minutes. That was <laughs> that was something. That was some man love right there. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Corey Mace here coming up on the show, of course. Uh Piffles podcast. You can give us a follow on X, formerly Twitter, at uh, Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at Real Alex D. You can find me at Safamod. And as always, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Uh, check us out on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Piffles Podcast. Lots of great discussion going on Facebook right now uh, with branding of the team. And we're going to talk a lot about that in the next coming weeks. Um, about how to connect better with fans. Uh, so we're going to want everybody's opinion on that. So stick around for the show and we'll uh, we'll tell you our thoughts and uh, get some of yours as well. Um, and of course, go to the website, pifflespodcast.com. Piffles Podcast, of course, is presented by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Uh, thanks everybody for listening on your favorite podcast platform, watching on YouTube, watching on Sastel Max TV on demand. Uh, we saw the numbers from the last episode. It just keeps growing and growing. And for the life of me, I don't understand it, but thank you I very much. It, but thank you. Um, it, it shows that there's a lot of optimism here in Ryderville right now with Corey Mace. And uh, that's exactly where we're going to start off this week. Time for the opening kickoff. <laughs> So last week, last episode, it wasn't officially announced by the team when we recorded that Corey Mace was going to be the new head coach. Of course, that became official. A three-year deal for Corey Mace uh, matches with Jeremy O'Day, which I think is a a very good thing. I'm glad it's not less than that. Um, Puts these two together. And judging by the press conference that they had, they seem to be, they seem to have the same vision they kept on saying that it was almost repeated too much but if they're really that in sync that's nothing but a good thing for the saskatchewan rough riders they had a four hour zoom call or teams meeting four hours they could have watched two movies in that time (laughs) like like during the pandemic i was playing poker with my buddies via zoom 
and those barely lasted four hours. I just, they obviously had a lot to talk about because that just is amazing. Honestly, it, it's hard not to like the guy after listening to him talk for 40 minutes to an hour there. Just every word. I was hanging on every word. And I don't understand why. It was just a head coach press conference. But I couldn't stop watching. There was just something about the guy. It just brought that hope and that passion. And see, he seemed to have the right answers to everything. Straight down to, to him planning to make Regina home. Like, this is... He's going to live here. This is going to be his home for the next three years. And that's a big deal in Saskatchewan. Huge. Just, our last two it, our last two coaches didn't live here. Chris Jones and, and Craig Dickinson. Uh, I mean, when Chris Jones was here, he was here. Like, he was all in 19 and a half hours of a day doing football stuff. So, like, I mean, no one's more committed than Chris Jones in that sense. But in terms of community was such a big thing in that press conference and for anybody that knows Corey Mace going back to his Calgary Stampeders days knows he is a big community guy always in there uh doing food drives and delivering turkeys and and you know Christmas hampers all that kind of stuff did that in Toronto as well that's exactly what this team needs is community we're again we're going to talk a lot about that later on in the show but this guy just seems to embody that and what really impressed me in this press conference, once uh, um, Jeremy O'Day had his first five minutes uh, that he talked, the very first thing that Corey Mace said was, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into this job, but shout out to my wife, because she's the one making the real sacrifice here. And when you see a guy just all of a sudden do that, it just takes that respect to just a whole new level. And... I mean, with a four-year-old and a one-year-old who are going to move here, that's a that's a sacrifice. And and his wife is making a big sacrifice to make Saskatchewan, Regina their home and to be a part of this team. And when you see that, I'm like, add on all the football stuff that he talked about. I'm like, this is the guy. This is absolutely the right guy at the right time to lead the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I am absolutely convinced of that. So... And we're going to we're going to talk about it a little bit later but the one thing I liked about him was that community and family aspect you're right. You watch the video the riders released today with the you know the look back at his welcome and he mentioned home multiple times there and he talks That's about so how his kids are going to love it here and his kids are going to love the jerseys the riders got him and like everything seemed to be more about his family and where he was than you know than anything and that's that's a huge thing here community has been something that has been lost here over the last 10 15 years and i feel like he's the kind of guy that need, they needed the helm to bring all of that together and hopefully enact some of the things we might talk about later on and but i got to admit as much as i loved everything that mace had to say and as entranced i was by him the thing that i came out of that though is J.O. was throwing bombs at Dickie when he could, some, and, some backhanded shots, yes. And I was like, I'm like, I'm like, am I reading too much into this? Or is that part of shot? I'm like, no, no, that's definitely a shot. Like, it was cult. What was honesty wants to be here, wants to be in the community. Leadership. And I'm like, leadership. I'm like, whoo. But, but 
taking it back, you're the one who kept him around. Like you could have got rid of him last year, and you chose to hitch your wagon to him. Like you're, he's lucky that Dickie didn't take him down with him. The what I've actually found is a lot of people are actually still kind of split on this uh, on Corey Mace. I'm seeing a lot of comments saying things aren't going to change as long as it's Reynolds and O'Day in charge. I'm not going to go that far and say that. Did I think there should have been some more changes in the offseason before, you know, Craig Dickinson was like, oh, yeah, probably. Maybe not to the very, very top. But I, O'Day needs a chance here. And I think the fact that he's got his guy, this is his first hire that he's actually been able to really choose for himself. And and it seems like he's knocked it out of the park, at least on, on my end. And, I mean... You guys saw the quote after the after their interview, uh, J.O. and and Corey Mace. Corey Mace said, "I just want you to know, I want this effing job." He, it, I mean, he wants it. There's other guys that interview for it that'd be like, "Yeah, I want this job." No, this guy wants the job. He wants to lead a team. And I watched all his interviews after uh, the one on Sports Cage, the one on Green Zone. I caught them all, and I just truly get the sense that this is the right guy. I so. can't wait. Like I, the hope springs eternal. And like I said, we've seen our numbers this past week. So if we're doing good, you know that there is a fire burning right now because of this. Now they, the team now needs to be able to keep this going. Like they can't lull out of this. They got to carry this momentum. So I guess we'll see what they can do. And I'm not going to lie. What? After 20 years of being a season ticket holder, I was I, I was wondering if I was going to renew. I renewed my tickets this past weekend because I'm very excited about this team going forward. And I know there's a lot of longtime season ticket holders that have said they are not renewing um, and, and for various reasons. And that's, it doesn't matter what the reasons are. It's, it's all personal reasons. Right. But it's, it's showing that the team does want to succeed. And if they can put it together on the field, you're going to see a lot more people coming back in 2025 and beyond as well. They extended the uh, Grey Cup ticket um, sweepstake by a day because they had such, after Mace was hired, they couldn't keep up to people renewing their season tickets. So that tells you what impact a head coach can bring. What And this, this aspect of the team being split on, or sorry, fans being split on O'Day and Reynolds. The one thing I took from the press conference was Mace, very specifically mentioned that he wanted to come here because he believes this team has a good foundation. And that foundation was built by Jeremy O'Day. Now we can, we can talk till we're blue in the face about the team culture and the, the community aspect and, you know, people above Jeremy O'Day. But I remember going into last season with a ton of optimism about the team that they were putting together. It didn't come together. We saw what happened. And a lot of that, has has come down to head coaching. But Mace saw what he saw. He knows that there's a good foundation here. And I don't understand how fans can hear that from the coach that they want, along with all of this synchronicity between O'Day and Corey Mace, and still question whether O'Day is the right guy to work with him to build this team. Synchronicity, that word of the day calendar is really paying off. <laughs> Trying to go for at least three syllable words today. 
I don't think he got the uh, Simpsons reference on that one, Greg. <laughs> um, coordinators, coaches, who's going to join them on staff? Uh, we found out on Wednesday that it's official. Uh, Farhan Lalji, again, beating everybody to the punch, uh, confirming that it was Mark Mueller uh, coming to uh, Saskatchewan from Calgary as offensive coordinator. Do you guys like that hire? Yes. I, like I said, up until this past off season, Mark Mueller was always seen as a young coach to watch. He was going to be a great offensive coordinator. He's going to be a great head coach in this league. Uh, he left his legit stop being a player to being a quarterback coach for the Rams for one season. And then he was picked up by the Stampeders. Like the dude has a high football IQ and is seen as a as a coach to watch. There's that false narrative that he was demoted, but it's not. I, th- I think it's not completely wrong, but it's definitely not right. I'm super torn on on this hire, and a lot of it has to do with the the lack of experience. Now, I have faith that Corey Mace knows what he's doing, and I think it was Farhan Lalji who also said. Mace isn't going to pick a guy he doesn't know can do the job. This is his one, potentially his one chance at head coaching. Some guys never get a second look. So he's not going to just pick a buddy. This isn't, (laughs) this isn't a guy just picking friends to come work with him. This is a guy picking a staff that he feels can win. And we look at what happened in Calgary. We know that he was, he had play calling removed, but I wonder how much of that was Dickinson wanting the control back of the offense that he built. I don't think that was a Mark Mueller offense we were watching. I think that was a a Dave Dickinson offense that Mark Mueller got to call the plays for. I'm excited to see what he can do with his own playbook, his own team, and his own ingenuity. Well, at least he's been around the league for 10 years, has a couple great cup rings. Our offensive coordinator last year uh, definitely (laughs) did not have that kind of qualification. And... um. I, I like the hire. Um, obviously, there's the whole, you know, growing up with Ron Lancaster as a grandfather, right? You get that whole connection, which uh, Chris Cuthbert actually tweeted about. So if he's excited, I'm excited. Um, but um, going to the there, there is the question mark. OK, well, yeah, he did have his play calling removed, which was a Dave Dickinson thing, obviously. So there is concern there. I don't think it was entirely his fault in Calgary. They had a lot of injuries at receiver, which to me is no excuse, but the replacements that came on sucked. They could not catch a cold if they tried. And running back injuries all over the all over the map, like Jake Mayer being a garbage quarterback. That's not on Mark Mueller. With a guaranteed contract. All. Yeah, that's not on Mark Mueller at all. So if you give him healthy receivers, which generally speaking, the riders had last year, which hopefully they do have again, have a running game. You're going to see him do well. I I really expect that. And he's got a veteran quarterback to work with a guy who's been around the league has gotten to big games. And I think that's a good, good match. If you're a young quarterback or sorry, a, a, a young coach, 
to have a veteran quarterback with you is a very good thing. If you're a veteran coach, maybe that's the best time to have a, you know, a young quarterback. So I think there's a good balance there. And I, I, I can't wait to see this team take the field, whoever's on this team, because I just think the culture hasn't completely changed, but you can see that big time shift. And I'm excited to see what they bring on the field in 2024. It, it legit feels like there's a giant weight off a of writer's nation's back right now. And all it was, was a small coaching change. Like we haven't signed any major names right now. We still have a bunch of free agents that should be coming back. Hopefully are coming back. But all it took was a little change in leadership. And all of a sudden hopes are starting to rise again in Ryder nation. Well, on the day after he was hired, Corey Mace had the uh, season ticket holder um, meet and greet at the stadium. And when was the last time we saw that happen? So just wanting to go out there and meet fans on day one of the full job, like day two, really, of the job. That's, I mean, you don't and, see that very often. And the best the best part about that meet and greet was the response was so strong and so fast. They had to move it into the, uh, what do you call that lounge? The Harvard the, lounge. The Harvard Broadway lounge. Harvard. Like they had to, they had to get it into a bigger space because they had enough people there that wanted to meet this guy all because they heard him talk for 40 minutes. That's all it took. And people are just beyond jacked up right now. I'm actually kind of surprised this being Ryder nation. There wasn't at least some people be screaming from the top of their lungs that he's wasting his time meeting fans when he needs to be putting together a team. <laughs> Cause we can never be happy. We can never have nice things. That is where we well, are right now. It's, it's funny you mentioned that he right after the press conference, he tweeted out something like, I can't wait to meet y'all, but it's time to get to work. And apparently the first part of his job was to go out and meet you all. But, you know, yeah, get get working on that uh, long free agent list, Corey, like have those meetings with J.O. and let's get going. Um, defensive coordinator. It's going to be Corey Mays. He hinted at that in one of his interviews. Um, I think it was actually you... confirmed today in the, the announcement of Mark Mueller today. Oh, was it? I didn't read yeah. the whole thing, um, but it, he said that he'll have some help in that end. So there's been rumors that possibly defensive backs coach in Toronto, Josh Bell might be the guy that comes over here. Give him DB coach slash assistant coach, whatever role you want to give him as a promotion, some familiarity. And um, we'll see what happens there. But this is going to be a Corey Mace defense, which we've seen over the last two years. He's a very, very good defense. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do on that side of the ball as well. Uh, special teams coordinator um, is going to be Kent McGurry again, uh, his ninth year with the team. Both him and Mark Mueller signed two-year deals. Um, so there's going to be some continuity going forward with the, the coaching staff for at least a couple years, which is a good thing. So that's what we know. I'm sure there'll be more announcements later on and just kind of the, the support staff and positional coaches as well. So, you know, the, the best part about Kent McGeary, uh, when I read the announcement today, I was, I was just going through it and I sat there. I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? And for the life of me, I couldn't remember that he was our special teams coordinator for the last however many years, which is a fantastic thing because it means he's not making mistakes. And our special teams has been pretty solid 
but I, I don't know why I could not like you always look at who gets who, who we fans want to be fired and you never once heard his name. So that's a good choice from Corey Mace right off the bat. I would also argue that 95% of the people thought Dickie was still doing her special teams coaching. <laughs> but actually someone... one thing you yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I had someone at work come up to me today and this is before uh, the Mueller stuff was all official. And he goes, he just started laughing. He's like, did you see who's special teams coordinator? And I was like, no, I'm like, no, not a chance. They didn't do it. And he goes, maybe you should take a look. So I went and, and, and grabbed my phone and looked. I'm like, you jerk. Like, don't do that to me. Do not do that to me. <laughs> my, my favorite thing, though, right now, and it's not talked about, we're the new Canadian mafia. You got president, general manager, head coach, offensive coordinator. Can you tell me the last time this has happened, if ever? Uh, well, the last time the Riders had a Canadian head coach was Cal Murphy or, or was it Cal Murphy or 1999 was the last time the Riders had a Canadian head coach. Yeah. But I'm talking top Ooh. level brass Canadian, um, not the Riders. Uh, that short lived time when Marcel Belfay was the offensive coordinator of the bombers was the last time like those ah. four positions were held by Canadians. And technically if you code DC, um mace being dc it's never been done to, except for us interesting hey canadians i'm sure and if i'm wrong rob, rob vance don't tell me i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm right on this <laughs> i actually did research that tells you how much Corey mace means to wow, me i did research. <laughs> Good i'm for really you. I'm proud, proud of you Greg. Greg. eight years and you finally start doing research and then the easy little bit low hanging fruit Mueller being the OC of the writers in year uh, 2023, a uh, little, little, uh, kismet yep. on that. Yep. I saw that as well. Um, now the writers weren't the only things or team to make, uh, changes. And normally we would save this for later, but we'll get it out of the way right now. Hamilton tiger cats, Orlando Steinauer is now just going to be the president of football operations. Ed Hervey hired as the general manager. And he's already and, offered people uh, contracts. And uh, and the succession plan was put in place. Head coach is going to be Scott Milanovic. So once the Steinauer and, and Hervey stuff came out, we're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be and yeah, it's gonna be Scott Milanovic. So no surprise there with who the coach is there. Um, hopefully it's they need to turn around there in Hamilton. So maybe that's maybe that's the shakeup they needed. And but you have to think that was not the plan going into this offseason because there's no way they would have let him interview for the riders if they knew they were going to make him their new head coach. So I'm wondering what was the impetus for that? Like it makes the most sense, take some of that off Steinauer's plate, but you didn't want him being the president and the head coach and have the general manager manager in between. That doesn't work well. We know from experience. We, we saw that once. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that movie. It sucked. I, I think the, the decision came down to when he got the interview here, and there was a lot of talk that it was his job to lose. Now, we know going forward that wasn't the case, that Mace was the guy. But I wonder if there was a, you know, a fire lit under Hamilton's butt going, oh, he might actually get this. Do we want to keep him? If so, let's let him know that head coaching job is coming up right away. We just need to 
waited out a little bit. Well, maybe it was the uh, you know, Wally Buono did with players better to, uh, you know, cut them a year earlier than a year late next season, next off season, who's going to be looking for a head coach, possibly Ottawa, maybe Edmonton. You never know with Chris Jones, where he's going to be tomorrow. So, I mean, they still might be looking for a head coach next year. So maybe it was I'm one sure of those. Be uh, looking for a head coach next month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe, I'm certain there's a high school in uh, Tennessee. He could go uh, coach and be his dream job again. But like, maybe, maybe that was season. the situation as well too. Let's get him in this spot. Now he still has Orlando that he can, you know, bounce ideas off and, and the direction that the team wants to go with. And just do it a year earlier than planned so that they don't possibly lose Milanovic as a head coach to, say, Ottawa next year. So it, it made sense to do it now as opposed to waiting. Once the riders have their you know plan in place, then I think that kind of just finalized this for, for Hamilton. So um, Back to the riders. We t- said go out there and start signing your free agents. Um, lots of signings. Nothing major, um, but knocking a couple names off the list. Uh, offensive lineman Jordan Tucker uh, signed for next year. He finished last year on the uh, on the practice roster. Um, the one signing out of all the guys that I'm super, super intrigued about is an offensive lineman you've probably never heard of. His name is Trevor Reed. Last season, Jeremy O'Day brought in one left tackle to compete for the left tackle spot, and that was Gerald Hawkins. Every single other American O-lineman that was brought in was either a natural guard or a right tackle. I was mad about that last year. Why do you not have more tackles? Why are you trying to convert guards into tackle? Don't. Like, you need to solidify this spot. And he brought in one, a guy, Gerald Hawkins, who did not play a meaningful snap in almost four full years. And what happened? Well, first off, he didn't even show up. And then when he finally decided, okay, yeah, I'll come, um, he got hurt immediately. I'm like, there's a shocker. A guy who hasn't played in four years got hurt right away. (laughs) So this is a true left tackle, Trevor Reed, that was signed. And I'm hoping there's more than than him. Um, But that's, to me, that's that's the intriguing one. Because the riders need help on that O-line. And the tackle positions need to be sorted out this upcoming season. They have to be. And I know it's been said many times. The fact that J.O. can't find tackles just is weird. You think like maybe he can't recognize another. Like He's like a dog looking in a mirror. He can't recognize anything else. Like, hey, look, there's an offensive lineman. That's the only one he knows is the one he's looking in the mirror. I, I don't get it. I, I'm not going to get excited about a tackle and I see them at, until I see them at training camp. I, I've i been through this dog and pony show enough. Show me a, a competitive O-line and I might get excited. Maybe. I, I can't uh, wait to see your th- uh, three pages of full scap on their footwork on your scouting <laughs> report. You yeah, got we'll it. Send, we'll send you to Saskatoon uh, for training camp and you can you can bring the report, Steve. Yeah, I'll Beautiful. get you a tent. You can you can set up outside uh, SMF Field and uh... get the binoculars. Yeah, that's right. Um, on the D line, they re-signed Caleb Sanders. He finished last year on the practice squad as well. Um, a boatload of receivers. 
quite a few uh, familiar names to Ryder fans. Kalija Lipscomb, he was with the team last year in training camp and a little bit throughout the season before he was released. Um, Jake Parker was in Ryder's training camp last year. They're bringing him back. Kendall Watson, of course, played, I think it was four games. Um, I didn't, think he, I didn't think he, yeah, he had, I didn't think he was that bad, but he got outplayed by Stearns. He did have that uh, two point convert against Edmonton, um, yep. which gave us the rouge at the end of that home game. Um, so that was his, uh, his contribution last year was that uh, two point convert, but they're bringing him back. Um, and then uh, newcomer Dante Myers uh, was uh, with the rookie camp or, at rookie camp with the Atlanta Falcons this past uh, August. He might be more of a returner style um, guy. He's only 5'11", so he's not a big guy by any means. Um, but the Short receivers never work in Saskatchewan. <laughs> no. um, hey, we have our one with Jareth Stearns already. We get one. Um, but with Mario Alford being a p- pending free agent, might be looking at potential returners here and and he could be one of them. So see what happens. Um, and then uh, one linebacker, um, Jackson Serralo Brown, he's a Canadian, um, was a, a eighth round pick in 2022 by Hamilton, went back to school the year or following that and uh, I guess shook free. So more depth on the linebacking core for Canadians for the Riders. Now on to the free agent list that we've been doing for the last little bit. Focusing on the defense, we're going to finish off the rest of the team because there's only two special teams names, and we'll do the linebackers and the defensive backs. Some big-time names on, on both of these right now that are pending free agents for the Riders. I want to know. I'll name the names. Yes or no? Do you bring them back if, if you guys uh, were Jeremy O'Day and, and Corey Mace? having these discussions and we'll start with the linebackers alphabetical order. I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement here on Larry Dean. Yes. Adam. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. You got to bring him back. hundred yeah. uh, percent. He's it's going to be a young defense. I think um, he's the veteran out of the group you, and he's had all-star seasons since uh, tearing his ACL. So you, yeah, absolutely have to bring him back. Uh, Canadian Justin Herdman Reed. My second favorite Herdman Reed. Um, <laughs> passport and special teams. Yeah, bring him back. He, but he, to me, he's not a must sign. He, he's a, if you've got a roster spot open, sure. But you don't put a lot of effort into signing him. If he takes a minimum deal, go for it. That's where I was going. If he wants to sign for minimum, sure. Why not? Otherwise draft a Canadian linebacker and pay him minimum. Um, Derek Moncrief. This one is hard. I love the guy, but I know I'm sorry. It's not difficult at all. I I'm ready to see the end of Moncrief's time here. I know he's got his roots here in Saskatchewan, got his family here now, but on the field, I just don't see it. They need to get younger there and better. And he just didn't have it at the end of last year. And uh, yeah, we're t- going to be talking about community. This is a community guy, um, That's which I mean. is makes it even harder as well for me. Um, 
when he was in the secondary last year, at the end of last year, he could not keep up. He was out of place. It did not go well for him. He played better around the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. but he got beat out by CJ Rivas. That Sam linebacker position, the cover linebacker position is Rivas's spot. So he's also a pending free agent, which is on my muscle sign list and we'll have him. He's listed as a defensive back. So we'll, we'll put him in the defensive back group coming up next. Um, but Moncrief is, I don't want to say the game has passed him completely. Cause I don't believe that's completely true, but maybe this is one of those Wally Buono things <clears throat> cut him a year early, as opposed to a year too late. And I thought there was enough signs there last year that father times catching up to him. And, and this is the end of Derek Moncrief's playing career. I, th- I think he's got some mean- meaningful football in him, but I think the way this roster is going, that is Reeves's spot. You're right. So I, unless it's a team friendly deal, cause he doesn't want to go huge hometown discount and he's a rotational guy, some leadership in the locker room. Maybe I, or maybe he just outright retires. I don't know, but I, he's by no means the must sign. And that brings me to the next name on the list because maybe at a discount, you go three American linebackers in the starting linebacking group and you can have Moncrief as maybe that run stopper and have him close to the line of scrimmage replacing this guy who's a pending free agent, Micah Tights. And I, I like Micah Tights. I thought he had a very, very solid 2022. And going into 2023, I was looking forward to seeing that growth again. And it just was not there. He peaked in 2022 and he was awful at tackling. He took bad angles. Granted, he was put into really bad places by or situations by uh, Jason Shivers. Tights was covering Austin Mack. Why is he covering one of the best receivers in the league? That's not Tights' specialty. He is not that cover guy. He needs to play, you know, the run stopping guy role on the team. He needs to be closer to the line of scrimmage and they put him dropping back and, and covering receivers. And if the, I mean, I, I would hope that's not the plan for him going forward, but if it was passport or not, see ya. The only thing that saves him is his passport. But then again, with the these new r- rules with the fake Canadians, you could get away with having Moncrief on the roster over tights. Moncrief has the years in. Especially with the riders. Um, yeah, once again, I don't know what you do with Micah Tights because he was put into a lot of bad situations last year. So I don't know if that's a coaching or if that's he's lost a step. I I don't know. If but you would have asked me at the end of last season, he's a he's a must sign, hundred percent. Now I'm leaning towards the you still sign him because I'd love to see what he can do in a Corey Mace defense. I think with uh, with Mace with Corey Mace coaching him up, I think he can continue that rise up that he had. Especially if you get uh, Josh Bell over as well. Those are those are two guys who have been around the block and would know Micah Tice as well. And one more linebacker on the list, uh, global player Lucas Ruos. Um, fit the global quota, I guess. Sure sign him because 
probably won't cost very much, to be honest. Being, being from Switzerland, I'm really neutral on him. But hey, at least their flag's a big plus. <laughs> Let's let that sink in there for a second. <laughs> and move on to the defensive backs. <laughs> um, now there's some, some big names in here. Um, again, alphabetical order, Jeremy Clark, who, again, had a solid 2022, but looked completely lost out there in 2023. Didn't matter if he was in slot, if he was, you know, out wide. He just, he was bad last year. I, I don't know what to do here because you're coming in with, a, you know, a defensive-minded coach, and maybe that's the, the answer for him. I don't know. But based on last year, I would have to say no. There, there are a lot of quality free agents in Toronto, especially in their defensive backfield, that I'm hoping Mr. Mace can bring over this way. And if he's confident at all that he can do that, I think it's time for Jeremy Clark to uh, head the other way. And this is, and we also just recently cut Nick Marshall too, who was also a pending free agent. So your top two cover guys, so to speak, right now would be him and Clark and we can say goodbye to both of them. And yes, Roland Milligan's coming back, which is going to be great for that defensive backfield. But I would argue, I would take our next name on the list. Amari Henderson over Jeremy Clark. Yep. I don't think, uh, I don't have Henderson as a must sign, but he's pretty darn close. I think, I think he's going to be a good one. Um, And you do need some, some continuity back there. Uh, in the secondary, so I'd absolutely bring back Amari Henderson. Yeah, you hundred percent. You, I don't. I think he is as close to a must sign as you can get. I think, especially with the loss of Nick Marshall, probably Jeremy Clark, a whole new coach, some movement in the in the linebacking core. Amari Henderson was solid. I don't think there's any reason why you don't bring him back unless there's unless he's asking for too much money. A uh, couple Canadians coming up. Nelson Lacombo. He, I'm torn on him. I had such high hopes for him. We all did. And yeah, he got hurt his rookie season. Ever when everyone else got hurt on a non-team affiliated training session, but he hasn't played up to what they drafted. I don't think anyway, especially to, for a guy who was supposed to go to NFL camp. For me, it's passport or not. He can go. I, at some point the, the potential is gone and you have to look at what he's done and it's not a whole lot. You have Jaden Dalkey, you have uh, Jackson Ford. Those are your two guys that are probably going to rotate in that safety spot. Uh, the next guy on the list, Godfrey on um, to play special teams, Kosi Onyeka sign, as well for special I, teams. I, like I would sign him for special teams only. Like Onyeka on special teams was yeah, was yeah. So at that point, if you're gonna have if if you're relegating Nelson Lacombo to just special teams, I'd rather keep the Onyekas instead and maybe draft another guy late that can play specials. And I and yeah, it's time to cut Lacombo loose. Uh, we talked about CJ Revis must sign list. He's got to be your sign or your Sam linebacker. I think we're all in agreement there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and two more guys that finished uh, the season on the practice roster, or well, Trumaine Washington got in uh, for a couple games. Um, I liked everything I saw with him. I I think yeah. you bring him back. Sure, why not? The the games he played, he was at some points he looked like he was the only one trying in that back row at some points. <laughs> Probably was. And so yeah, like I I I think you bring him back, and. I'm in the here nor there category with him. He didn't do anything wrong. I wouldn't mind giving him at least training camp to to get his spot on the roster. But again, for me, it all comes down to who who Mace bring, thinks he can bring over from, especially the Argos. They're basically their whole defensive backfield seems like they're free agents. Uh, I wouldn't mind other, most of them over here. Couple of linebackers as well too. Um, We'll talk about that next week about uh, who from the Argos that's a pending free agent that we think we can probably pry away. Um, (laughs) Actually, there's one on their free agent list that I really want, which might surprise a bunch of people. Is it Playdeck? Dare you use Playdeck? Damn it. You got it right away. (laughs) Another way to right or wrong like they did with Philip Blake um, last year. Plus, I love that guy. Oh, man. He has some good there stories about awesome. CFL that he's he, awesome. we can't share right now anyway, at least not until he's yeah. not in the league anymore yeah. <laughs> about his interview process. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm all for bringing Darius Playdeck back. Um, last guy on the DB list, Abu Dermi, uh Soiree, uh, finished on the practice roster, played a couple games for Winnipeg earlier in the year. I mean, if it's a minimum contract, sure, why not? I just love saying soiree. Yeah, bring him back for the cool name list. Yeah, just, just that alone is worth the uh, all, the minimum. All, all name team, all name team. Yeah. Does Jackie Kellogg go on the all name team? Remember him, defensive back for the Calgary Stampeders. Absolutely. I love that guy just because of the name Kellogg. Maybe it's because I was a kid then. Like I was, I was young, so I was like, oh yeah, that guy's like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I don't know. Dave's sponges. Like, that's an all-time name for me. Rock and roll yes. press didn't have to be in there. Yeah, it wouldn't have to. I feel like we could wow. do, do an entire show just on great names of the CFL. <laughs> Macho Harris. I see him all the time. He looks great. Yes, um, he looks like he still play. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I mean, free agent defensive back. I don't know if he's retired, <laughs> filed his retirement papers or not, but hey, what the hell? Bring him on back. <laughs> he's uh, out there. Come on, guys. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and two more players uh, just on special teams that are left, both kickers, Brett Lother. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's one of the few kickers in the league you can absolutely trust from 50 plus. So I think you have to bring him back. There, there's no question. Add in the, the community aspect for the guy. The guy just lives and breathes goodness and a great kicker to boot. Yeah. Yeah. You bring him back. The only way you don't bring him in is if he finally gets an NFL look. And then if he does, I like that <coughs> Meskel didn't miss a beat coming in basically cold. He was kicking great. So, yeah, you keep, either one, you, either one of these guys, I'm happy, but obviously I would rather keep Lothar. Um, Ryan Meskel, obviously the other one. Um, he's not a must sign by any means. I think you keep his number very, very close. Um, and then if he's up for it. Call him in for training camp if you have a spot. Sure, why not? Well, there's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. 
uh, went a little bit longer than I thought. Um, moving to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. And it's basically just going to be one thing here, guys. Um, branding and connection of with the fans for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I had a really interesting conversation with, uh, with a friend of mine um, who brought up some really good points about the team and where they're headed. Um, looking at what hap what's happening with the Edmonton Elks, possibly moving to a private sale, possibly losing the whole community owned aspect. Um, they obviously they went through the name change and years of suck on the field and ultimately winning cures everything. It hides a lot of the issues. We saw that here in Saskatchewan, obviously. Um, Edmonton had that for a long time. When you start losing, it gets uglier and uglier. And, you know, the scabs get picked and you start seeing everything, right? Um, the person I was having this conversation with said that there's a serious lack of connection with the fans. And I have a couple notes that I took down here. Um, he questions if the team is taking it seriously. The fact that there are many season ticket holders leaving. And where, where is the team? They're too corporate. They're way too corporate. I think we can all agree that the team has shifted from community to corporate. You can find a balance. Obviously, you have to be corporate and get the big money that way from sponsors. But how do you get the community back in there? Now, maybe the team was way too community um, you know, maybe back in the, the eighties and nineties, when players were out in bingo halls, you know, every single event, you would find a couple riders or something, but maybe that's exactly what they need right now. So my question to you guys, why aren't the riders everywhere? Why aren't they in bingo halls at minor football games? Why aren't they at Pats, Blades, Raiders, Warriors, Broncos games? Why aren't they at, you know, Thunder and Hilltops games? Where is the team in the province right now? Because you don't see them. I, I can answer that right off the bat. The team charges for player appearances now. So why are they going to send a guy anywhere for free if they can make the Pats paid? 250 bucks or whomever pay these appearance fees. I think it all comes down to money. And, and that, that lends itself more to that. Have they gone corporate? And they absolutely have. Everything comes down to the dollar amount that it will make the team where, as opposed to the way it will affect the brand, which is what it used to be, what it was in the Jim Hobson era and the decades before it was all about building the brand and getting the brand out there. And building this connection to the team. That's a an afterthought in the in the Reynolds era. And I think we can all see that. There's no there's no need to do that. They're making money. How can they make more? The I, I guess the best metaphor is, and it's true where the transition happened, is when they moved from Taylor Field to Mosaic. You go from and I love the old girl, this rundown leaks on your head, giant toilet lines, 
you're lucky if you even get to see a quarter because you're waiting for food or use the bathroom or a beer to this just the greatest stadium. place in the world wasn't it man oh, i, I, I love i miss that place i miss that place <laughs> it had life but but there there but once again like as we talk about there was a feeling there there was the person sitting next to you you might not know them but they're your best friend for a couple hours on that day and then we moved to the new stadium and it is shiny it is slick it is modern but that's when it, yeah that's when things shifted like player appearances um gainer's not out as much as he used to be uh, we got a new gainer with, that was on cocaine apparently and then we had to fix that immediately there, there was there was that. a they should have kept uh, meth gainer i love that the, the, those eyes were nuts <laughs> but like there there was a switch and yes it probably is the difference between the philosophy between hobson and um reynolds which is fine that happens with new leadership but they need to be able to find that connection with the fans again. There's a happy medium in there because as much as they were community, they were still making a ton of money in those years leading up to that switch. So obviously it worked, but I think at some point they were like, well, there's too much demand on our players. There's too much to this. Honestly, I think the major switch happened when Chris Jones came to town, I think that's when a lot of the attitude towards keeping the players separated from the fans happened on that end of it. Well, Steve, you mentioned, obviously it costs for players appearances now. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, somebody uh, on Facebook actually mentioned this and, and the person I had this conversation with said, Back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, there were 136 rider reps around the province. Every single small town had a rider rep. They were all volunteers. They didn't get paid. They Sure, they got like probably swag and some tickets or something like that. What about something like that? Have designated people in certain areas going to events. Have somebody designated in Moose Jaw to go to Warriors games and go to concerts and whatever and hand out a card and take some, you know, ticket vouchers or something with you and 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 go to go to events with children. Go to like, I mean, obviously junior hockey, right? But junior football games, go to like I don't know, go go to minor hockey rinks or something like that. And just hey. I'm with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'd love to have you out for some games. Here's my card. Here's what we can do for you. And it's, you don't have to, I mean, I'm sure there are quite a few people around this province that would volunteer for that kind of a job. And obviously it wouldn't be a huge thing, um, but just go to one event a week and, and you know change what event that is. Don't go to just Warriors games or hockey games or whatever right like go to go to whatever it doesn't matter what it is just get out there in the community be known as that rider rep so maybe maybe that could be brought back from experience you you get a kid free anything to an event and make their parents ticket minimal you will get them out there Corey mace his story about Brooks Finley. 
yep. player for the Riders, gave him tickets to a game in BC. That hooked Corey Mace on football. And he said that in his press conference. He says, I am not here today if it isn't for Brooks Findlay. So as cool it is, and the Riders are going out to schools and, and they're doing appearances and, and, and that's great. And, and they need to keep doing that. Are they taking, taking tickets with them or vouchers? Sure, you look great for the day. The kid goes home. Yeah, Micah Johnson came to a school and it was awesome. Rider fan for the day. How do you make him a Rider fan tomorrow? I still have my Bruce Boyko autograph card when he came to visit uh, McLeod's school when I was a kid. Back in Mooseman. I still have that card. Kids remember that. My daughter had her phone case signed by Mitch Picton. And she wanted to go to a game because she knew a player. Yeah. How many people around this province, Ryder fans across the country, have that same kind of story? This guy came to my school. This guy signed my hat. I got those, you know, I caught a little yellow squishy football and got that signed. I want to go to another game because that was cool. How many people have that story? Every single fan has a story like that. And I don't think the new generation of fans are going to have that story, at least the way that this team is trending right now. And that's where the team needs to look. How can we get that fan coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back? So, I mean, there's no one final answer, but I really think getting out to events everywhere doing signings they had a signing on this this past weekend i had no idea it was going on like it was with a partnership of theirs with uh one of the supplements or whatever didn't know about it until it was posted like an hour before the event cool thanks for the heads up guys like this is booked weeks months in advance have that schedule out somewhere you're gonna meet micah johnson and Charbel de Beer at Light the Lights at City Hall. Cool. If I would have known they were been there, I might have gone. Or, you know, you know, take your kids there, right? Like, but and, nobody and knows. And there that. are fans that will do that. If yes. they see the riders somewhere, they will show up. But yeah, you need to let it know and just throwing it up on your ex account or Facebook or Instagram an hour before the event is. It's like, well, I'm busy now. Maybe next time. You know, the one thing, and my wife actually brought this up, and if you guys know anything about Crystal, she couldn't possibly care less about football. She <laughs> likes it because I like it. Nothing beyond that. And she got caught up in this this culture discussion, and she messaged me. She goes, I have to tell you this. I have this. I have something to say about this. And she went off about the whole, the like the Fantu's Flakes and the, the Dario's and that whole era where you could go to the store and buy a product with these players faces on them and that was a great deal for co-op but it was also a great thing for the riders because it really made you feel like you knew the fan or knew the player sorry like oh I, he was on my cereal it was he was he was on my bag of chips these are like little things like that stick with people and they make you interested in the player and therefore interested in the team and i don't know why they stopped that and she specifically said that those types of things almost made her interested because it was just another reason they were out there and, and things like that. 
And it's like they've stopped stopped doing that. And then you combine the fact that they have these signings, but it's always the same three or four guys. You know, it used to be when you go to these signings, you could actually sit and chat with the player, you know, have an actual conversation and go through the line, but it was different people. Now it's almost a corporate event where you you put your football down, you get a quick autograph, and they're on to the next one. There's no there's no community with that. It's just it's just a signing. And that's not gonna build anything. That's not gonna build a fandom. That's gonna build a memorabilia collection for somebody who's already a fan. Well, Steven, and then sorry, to go, go back to the stories that Steve told about George Reed and his son, that moment solidifies a fan like you 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 have the situation where this player takes time to talk to a child talk to any fan they will remember i remember meeting cassie campbell and having a decent conversation about hockey with her like it was like five ten minutes long but i remember that and it fans will carry stuff with it with that forever uh steve i'm really glad you brought up the uh the the co-op chips and cereals and all that kind of stuff um what made that so great was that wasn't just a regina or saskatoon thing every small town in saskatchewan has a co-op and to know that you can live in elbow saskatchewan and go get all dressler chips that's cool you can't make it to to a game that's how they're going to support the team that's how they're going to get money to the team it may not be a hundred percent of it, but you know, like it's hell. I have still, three co-op numbers that, <laughs> that's, but that's their way of supporting. Right. And, and we need more of that. So, but, and somebody actually on, on Facebook made this point. Um, one year contracts, that's why you can't market players one year contracts. Now that's, that's a league wide issue. That's not a, that's not a specific rider issue. That is a league wide issue, but at the same time, you kind of know who's going to be here. Quarterback one should be marketed no matter what. doesn't matter who quarterback one is. If you're going into the season saying it's going to be Jake Dolagala and Trevor Harris gets cut, whatever. Sure, it doesn't matter. Make Joe, Jake Dolagala a star. Make these guys everywhere household names. And you can, you can find five, six guys. Brett Lothar should have something. Um, he's been here quite a while. Derek Moncrief, even if he's not in the plans going forward, you can still find some sort of, I mean, Naven Roosevelt, some sort of ambassadorship role for them and put them on something. It doesn't have to be necessarily current players. You can still have West Hates in the community, have him do something, right? Like have, have him on, on, on chips or whatever. But that's one thing that I think needs to come back. And like, it's just, it feels like they're just not taking that seriously anymore, that that's not the route they want to go, which I understand. Sure. Fine. That's not what your marketing firm that you hired from Ontario wants to do anymore. That marketing firm does not know the Saskatchewan market. The Saskatchewan market is so vastly different than any other market that yeah, you can bring in very successful organizations to help you out. That doesn't mean anything here. That I really, nothing. I really wish I was in those focus groups last year because all the stories I got out of them sounded really funny. 
like the stuff they were bringing out, like, and obviously the uniform and logo they showed people that I got a preview of. I I don't know what what that Ontario marketing company has done because I you're right I don't think they understand the mar- this market. What works in Ontario is not going to work out here. Simple as that. Now, another thing I'm hearing a lot about uh, from especially out-of-town fans, it's too expensive to come in for games. One, the tickets are expensive enough as it is, which is is a very fair comment. Um, But with games, you know, being at five or seven or eight o'clock, okay, now you got to spend a night here in Regina. Okay, so there's... There's the gas, which is expensive. There's the food, which is expensive. There's the tickets. And then there's a hotel, which is always expensive. So how do you get those fans from outside of Regina to come in for games? Not necessarily as season ticket holders, um, but one, two, three games a, a, a year. I'd, I'm not seeing very many buses pull up to Mosaic Stadium on game day. From out of town, there's the, always the Saskatoon buses. There's there's, there, there's, a, few. there's a few. There's a few, but but it's not like it used to be. You remember beside no. Taylor Field, there used to be a bus parking area that was filled with out of town folks. And if you want to come into the game and you you don't want to drive to the game and drive back immediately because that's that's a long day. If you're you know say it's a three hour drive, whatever the case is, but if somebody else is doing the drive for you all right, yeah, maybe I'd be more inclined to make that trip. And if you can have some sort of bus deal with a local restaurant, um, get your burger, beer, and a ticket for 50 bucks or whatever, it doesn't matter what what it is, right? Like you get something like that and they get you a ride to and from the game, how many people would buy that? Like you got to at least try that out. Maybe it's, you know, a hundred bucks, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you have a bus full of 55 people going and you sell that out, while 55 people doesn't sound like a lot, when they're all spending money on your product, that adds up pretty quick. And what about hotel deals? There's got to be some sort of thing where you can be like, I'm coming to the to the Ryder game. I'm coming to Regina specifically for the Ryder game. I'm going to stay in the hotel, the one next to the, the stadium or, or downtown, doesn't matter where it is have a shuttle or, or whatever, have some sort of deal with the hotels. I'm really shocked that they can do. I'm, I'm really shocked actually, especially for that's not built into uh, the season ticket holders, especially out of town for, because uh, Regina hotel association, I believe is a sponsor of the riders. Like yep. why, why isn't there a rider season ticket holder discount promo or, code? Uh, yeah, there's a promo code. And even if you limit it to a couple of games per season, like it's like 25% off, whatever. Because yeah. I, I understand hotel, ho- there's an event in town, hotels go up. I get that. But hey, give give Ryder fans, like you're, if you're sponsoring it, at least the room's full. But outside of major events in Regina, the hotels have the room. Plenty there's, of rooms. It's very rare you see huge sellouts in, in this city. They have the room. Why not discount it so that they can fill a room? Because an empty room at zero dollars is worth a lot less to them than a, a full room at half, at three quarters the price. Yeah. It's 
I, I don't understand. That's That's been a gripe of mine forever. I don't know why they have never thought about or done that. It's absurd to me. But, um, Greg, you, you tweeted out uh, how this was going to be like a little mini Festivus uh, this week on the show. Uh, and, and and the point of this conversation is to try and, and jump on the riders and attack what they're not doing right. It's to try and bring to the forefront a little bit more about things that they can do and how can they get back to reaching the fans. And our, our There's Facebook, no bad ideas in a brainstorm. That's right. Well, depending on who you are. If Ferlin came to me with a couple ideas, I'd probably be like, that's a bad idea. Um, cartwheels. Nothing but cartwheels. <laughs> we're doing cartwheels all the time. Um, but we're getting a ton of comments on Facebook, on, on Twitter about this. And please keep them coming. If you have things that, that you think the team should do, how, how can they get back to you know reaching you? whether it's a, you know, season ticket holders getting back to having a season ticket holder gift that you get, um, which we've talked about on I the hate show the over point. the years. I hate those points so much. But I mean, what, what would connect you better with the team? And that's ultimately what it's about. And I know the Saskatchewan Rough Riders pay attention to the show. I know they watch us. And this is a plea to Craig Reynolds and the entire organization Listen to your fans. There are plenty of great ideas out there. And it, it's, it's obviously you can't cater to every single one. That's impossible. It's never going to happen. But if you're getting this large portion of people saying this is the issue or this is an issue, okay, well, what steps can we take to maybe not completely remedy it, but how can we, how can we get there and just start taking those little steps? And here's here, and here's the thing they need to remember. It's always going to be the little things. It's it doesn't have to be a giant. Everyone gets a full size ring, unless you only have like four season tickets and whatever. But it doesn't need to be like anything like that. It's memories. It's experiences. It's something that they will carry with them forever. Knickknacks are great. Like I know we make fun of shoelaces and lanyards all the time. People love them though. Yeah, and they do. Like, I mean, you can I've, get stuff like why? Why not? Like, I I got my ring right here. I also got the Argos ring right here. Like, like knickknacks are fine, but memories stay with people forever. Like, create memories, create experiences. Well, I said everybody has a story, um, and that game day itself. A lot of people are talking about the presentation of the game, and obviously, yes, that has gotten way too corporate in my mind. I understand why, obviously, that's how you make your money. Um, but I remember going to, I didn't get to go to a lot of games as a kid. Single mom working shift work. It was just too expensive to go to games. When we did, it was in the family fun zone. Remember the old uh, Connexus yep. family fun zone? The fat cat was around there in the end zone at Taylor Field. Um, was that section like 18, 19, something like that? Um, it's like, 10, 10 to 14, I believe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, little mini footballs, the little squishy ones. I know that was, what was it? A direct West. Okay. Who direct West. Yeah. Who yep. has a yellow page anymore? Um, but find a sponsor, get those things out there again and just start chucking them in crowds. And, and you know, who's buying tickets, you know, where a lot of the children are sitting probably in the end zone beside Pilsner place because that's where the family, you know, pack 
discount pack is, right? Head over there with some squishy footballs. And then maybe you let the kids on field after the games and they get a couple autographs. They're going to think that's the coolest thing. I did. I was, I had <laughs> my first season tickets in 2003 were in section nine. I was row one. So I caught a lot of these little yellow footballs and whatever else they were throwing out. But then I went to practices every once in a while and I got them autographed. I wish I still had them because some of the names that were on there, geez, I wish I still had their autographs. But that's how you build the fan base. It can't be that much to have to, you know, order a couple hundred squishy footballs for each game. It can't cost that much, especially when it's all sponsored. I was going to so, say, when, when, when the sponsor's paying for it anyway, it's not yeah. even out of their pocket. I, right. I, I laugh. Dylan still talks about catching those yellow footballs. He got to experience that. My younger two, if they if they come to games, they don't get that same experience. But he enjoyed that. He thought that was the coolest thing. He cared about that more than he cared about the game. It was that that joy. And when he finally caught one, he was he was handed a few. But when he finally caught one on his own, you couldn't wipe that smile off his face for a month. All he would talk about was this cheap two dollar yellow football. But that matters. And they don't do any of that anymore. They they've completely gotten away from any kind of family oriented marketing. If and you're like your section might get a bag of chips, a small bag of chips. Yep. So was it the rush game and Moose show was it two weeks, two weekends ago. Yep. Um, went there, took the kids. Um, a lacrosse ball came into the stands land. Like it hit Connor's hands Landed on the woman in front of him. She turned around, hand to him. That is now his new favorite prize possession: is this white lacrosse ball. And but he will he will remember this for the rest of his life. He got that lacrosse ball that game. So it's it's little things like that. Like I said, create memories, create experiences. That is what helps build your brand more than knickknacks, more than. Well, Steve and I went out for supper with Adam, uh, Adam and Daniela for Daniela's going away last week. And Adam was absolutely blown away by the rider store, but he's right. He goes, why do you guys need 40 hats and like 60 different kinds of toques? <laughs> like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's great being fashion forward, but you, you don't need that. You need experiences. That is what's going to make your money. Not having every shade of green you can find. That's a good point. That's that. I mean, that's exactly where the team's missing the boat is experiences and we're not seeing that anymore. And it, it sucks because that's how we all grew up to love football. We all have whatever experience it was that led us down that road and they need more of that. Um, they, and, and they do have good things going on right now. I love that they did have that season ticket holder meet and greet with Corey Mays. Anytime you have a big time player or a coach or something doing a signing, why would you not want to do that? Trevor Harris signs a new contract. Put him in the Harvard lounge. Let him answer questions for 20 minutes. Have him sign some autographs for an hour. Send him on his way. But how many people are going to want to go to that? And how many kids are going to go to that? And, you know, that's your quarterback. And he talked to you. He asked you how school was or whatever, right? That's, that's, that's how you grow the fan base. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that with every player. That's obviously not logistically possible. But any of the guys that are here that can do it should be doing stuff like that. 
and there's people that are going to show up no matter what is long and there are yeah. there, there are people that the writers say we're doing this there's the same people there every time yep and they are the diehards which is which is great but you're going to get those people experience it for the first time and that's who you have to hook the diehards are going to be there forever they're not going anywhere those those new fans are the are the new money the new fan base that growth that we've seen a huge decline in over the last five six years remember when the the stadium opened and there was a waiting list for season tickets and now not so much you have to wait all of three seconds for them to punch in uh on the computer <laughs> where your seats are and that that's the waiting yeah. list you know um yeah it's just so and i know there, there's no one right answer here Again, this is more of a, a brainstorming uh, session, um, as you will. And and we want everybody else to relay that to us. What do you think? I, I'm blown happen? away by all the all the, all the discussion all going on already. So like, there, there's fe- been so good. It is so good. And and go, so go to Facebook. Go to our uh, post there that's at the top right now, and comment on it. And same with. There's a, a thread on on Twitter X. Um, if you want to rename or to be kept anonymous in this, if you want to send us a message, please do send us a DM. We have an email account, pifflespodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear yeah, not, that. Not, to... not not info at Piffles Podcast. I don't know no. why that's on our website. No, <laughs> no yeah, one don't... checks that account. Don't look, don't go to there. <laughs> um, but we want to bring those out and and we're gonna continue this conversation next week as well and i've already bookmarked a lot of these comments that i want to bring up because they're such good comments and they're so unique to everybody that when you group them even though they are unique when you group them together you can find a common solution for a lot of this stuff so saskatchewan rough riders craig reynolds please listen to the fans and not the diehards that you're going to bring into the focus groups obviously listen to them, but they're going to be there no matter what casual fans, which are just as important, if not more important than your diehards. I mean, g- g- give us diehards free stuff, but also listen to casual <laughs> fans. but you know what I mean? Like it's when it, when the difference is me spending a couple hundred bucks on the team or saying, Oh, nah, I don't really care probably cater to them a little bit and that's where the team has gotten away from and that's where they need to get back to and i'll just kind of wrap this up by seeing or by saying what i saw on on social media just a couple days ago and i want to give a shout out to vernon adams jr who is the guy can do no wrong okay um but bottom line the story is it's a bc fan posted on on twitter that they were mad about getting a wrong item uh, shipped to them from the store and they didn't get back to him about a refund. He was then told he had to wait until their new store was open in their new location. He also tagged Vernon Adams saying, love you, Vernon, but I might have to support a different team if I don't get this figured out. Like, where's my money? You guys aren't giving me the right item. Like they need to fix this and they're not doing it. Vernon responded within a couple hours and said, they have everything in boxes right now. They're moving to a new store, but that is not ex- that is not an excuse. 
We'll get it taken care of. I'm going to personally look into it. Let me see how I can help. And I'm not saying every single player should be going on social media and looking at every complaint about the team and going to their bosses and seeing what they can do. But that's just one example. Vernon Adams is a guy who cares and wants to do the right thing. When you see stuff like that, and the guy responded back after saying, thank you so much. Like, I love you. I want to keep supporting you. There's a memory for that guy who's going to be a Vernon Adams fan for life. I love Vernon Adams. Like the dude's and, a great ambassador for the league. And like he and didn't Mark have to them. respond to that. He didn't have well, that too. Don't even like <laughs> me and Derek Dennis have had that conversation many a time on how the CFL does not market any of their stars. And that's not even a team issue. That's a league issue. Yes. Um, but yeah, VA hell of a dude. Like he, he cares so much. I, I wish he would have lasted here because I, I would gladly own a VA jersey if I didn't know. Vernon Adams might have been the best temperament for Saskatchewan quarterback one that we will ever see in this country. He just he gets it. He understands the league. He understands the community. If the league had 40 guys like him on every roster, it would be a much, we, would, we wouldn't even have to have this discussion. We would be well set into the future. Now with a guy like Corey Mace at the helmet here in Saskatchewan now as head coach, to me, he seems like he gets it. And if you can have that kind of influence from, you know, one of the top men in charge of the organization and, and where the team goes, if he can have some sort of influence higher up than him to have that again, his story about Brooks Finley. If he can have that influence and say, Hey, we need to give these guys some vouchers or something to take to schools with them and get them to games because they will fall in love and they will. I think and remember Mace what I said about hotels, an empty seat in the stadium is exactly like an empty hotel room. Isn't earning anybody anything. That ticket voucher might be worth $100 in concession or $100 at the rider store. Yep. And a lifetime of memory. And it costs the team nothing. $100 at the rider store. So that's a hat and a spatula. Maybe a squishy football. <laughs> we we depends on if you're a season ticket holder and get the discount. Yeah. At some point, we're going to have to talk about the rider tax because it exists and it's real. Oh, we've we've mentioned that a few times. <laughs> I know. It's coming up again. Um, but yeah. Um the time is now to make changes. We've been seeing this go forward over the last few years, and it was fine because the team was doing well on the field. And like I said, when things aren't going well on the field, you start seeing it more and more, and people start leaving for different reasons. Um, all valid that you got to find a way to get them back. Got to find a way. And this team should be putting every possible resource they have into doing that. So Saskatchewan Rough Riders, please, please pay attention. Not saying we have the answers. Everybody else has the answers. But Finally. if you want to pay us as consultants, we are available. We, yeah, we're, we're very easy to get a hold of. Um, 
and and we'll take pretty much anything. Uh, <laughs> so, we're cheap and easy. Yeah, that's right. Um, but we're going to con con uh, continue this conversation next week's show because, like I said, I want to bring up a lot of these comments that we've gotten um, that we haven't even scratched the surface on. And there's some great comments that that need to be brought out and the team needs to hear and, and see. So we'll do that next week. So keep those comments coming. Keep sending us messages um, because we want to bring those out um, and help be a voice for the team. And, and, and we all want the same thing. We all want this team to succeed. How great was it when they were the flagship franchise and it was impossible to get a seat at Taylor Field? The team was good. The atmosphere was awesome. And... Everybody, you could tell when it was game day. You, you can look around right now, and I have no idea when game day is here in Regina anymore. Nope. Not the same. Yeah, it's it's got to go back to the way it was. And and beyond that as well, too, and, and get to that level and, and step up. So I think they have really good people in place within the organization to be able to do that. I think they just need that real kicking the rear end sometimes to to focus on that and and hopefully hopefully they can get that done but that's going to do it for us this week here on the piffles podcast um maybe we'll have a real festivus a real one coming up a real airing of the grievances yeah um i'll get the you aluminum are in my sights. um we're, we're definitely doing one for we're definitely doing one for before Christmas. <laughs> Chris Strebler's um, finally going to know what I think about him. I've held it in all these years. Yeah, you've been so silent on the issue, Steve. <laughs> um, but yeah, there'll be more re-signings coming up. Obviously, I, I still I still maintain they're going to sign Demarcus Christmas and announce it on like the twenty second, Christmas twenty third. That's what they should do. Again, market that. Put on a T shirt. Christmas has come early or something like that. And yeah, make people fans of DeMarcus Christmas. Easy stuff. But we'll talk all about that when uh, when the time comes. Um, Piffles Podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Thanks, as always, go to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty, Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Thank you for uh, listening, downloading the show, commenting, uh, watching on YouTube and Sastel Max. We really, really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert.